When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On a night where a Fernando Lorente hat-trick, a Hummin brace and a first ever Tottenham goal for Kyle Walker-Peters to see Spurs through to the last eight of the FA Cup should have been the headlines. But unfortunately, the VAR system stole the show as we have the last word on Spurs in our stoppage time special. Lamella made space beautifully. Son. Rafferty's got to do some defending. Son went on and on. And that was pure quality. And Tottenham Hotspur exhort their Premier League authority in this game for the first time. They lead 1-0. Flagger stayed down. Lillis went down and he couldn't do anything about it. And Llorente at last has got his FA Cup goal. And Tottenham Hotspur re-establish their lead early in this second half. Lucas Moura goes again, it's lovely from Tottenham, and now Llorente makes it a 3-1 lead, and Tottenham Hotspur for the first time tonight may well start to think about round six. I like a train down the outside, Sissoko, nice from Tottenham now, Son, it's flowing stuff, and Llorente's got a hat-trick in the FA Cup, and I'm afraid that is it surely now for Rochdale. Lucas Moura. Lamella's a brilliant ball in. It's tucked in and the flag has stayed down. Now Son is on a hat-trick as well. Walker-Peters. And that's a little fairy tale for him. One of the local boys made good has made it Tottenham 6, Rochdale 1, with virtually the last kick of this fifth round. Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this edition of The Last Word on Spurs, we'll be looking back at a frantic game in the FA Cup against Rochdale, which saw Spurs go through to the last eight of the FA Cup. We'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel and looking ahead to Huddersfield Town to come at the weekend. So, let me introduce the three wise men talking us through tonight. Back on the show, I've got Vas Coney. Vas, how are you? Yeah, all good, uh, Rick, and thawed out from last night. <laughs> What a game. What a game it was. We've got so much to try and cover here. Also back on the show, delighted to have him. We've got Ian Gunn with us. Ian, how are you? Yeah, very well. Like uh, Vass, I've um, just thought out. So um, looking forward to tonight and uh, thanks for having me back on, Rick. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure, Ian. Great to finally get you back on the show. And finally, last but not least, of course he's on the show. Jason McGovern's with us. Jace, how are you? I've got my finger in my ear, mate, and I'm waiting to be told whether I'm all right or not. I could answer that one for you, Jace, to be honest with you. I could answer that one for you. I mean, you guys were all there Wednesday night. I mean, an absolutely incredible game. Ian, got to start with you first. I mean, a confidence boosting win for Spurs overall through to that quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Listen, Ian, what we should be talking about, as I said in the intro, was the fact Lorente got his first hatchet for the club, Hummin Som with a brace, and Carl Walker Peters' first ever goal. But naturally, Ian, the night is going to be overshadowed by that VAR system. I mean, what did you make of, of Wednesday night as a whole? Well, it was interesting. Um, during the day, I, I convinced myself that I wasn't going to go. I thought, it's on it's on BT Sport. I can go home, I can stay in the warm, and I can watch it. And then I thought, do you know what? That's, that's, that's very much a fair-weathered fan. And I need to get my arse in gear. So I, I actually went to the game, as, as you said. And 
sat down and watched it. And I must admit, after 30 minutes, I was ready to leave because it was absolutely winding me up, this VAR rubbish. It was <laughs> killing the game. And um, I, I, as I said, I went to leave and the bastards had locked the doors, so I couldn't get out anyway. So it was one of those things where I thought, you know what, I might as well go back and watch the game. And, and I'm glad I did, because um, we, we, I think we saw some collector's pieces last night, didn't we? You know, a, a, a Lorente at-trick, um, you know, a, a decent goal from, from Carl Walker-Peters. Mm, yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, it's going to be one of those games where, you know, we can, all, you know, we, we can say that we, we either witnessed it you know, first hand or second hand, as, as, as the night that hopefully VAR died, because it's <laughs> going to kill the bloody football star, that's for sure. Uh, we've got so much to talk about, guys. I mean, I'm just thinking, Ian, like I say, talk about VAR. We're going to try and cover every incident. You know, we try and do it on this show. But, I mean, Vass bringing you in. I mean, it has to be said, Vass, a bizarre first half, which in the end it did really become an emphatic win for Spurs, which is probably a small reward for the likes of you guys, the supporters that did go and brave those snowy conditions. But, I mean... Do you reckon that game did show us as well the fact that we have got some real competition now for places in attacking areas that we've craved? The likes of Son, Lamella and Lucas all making their cases known. And on any other night, Vass, you know, Lorente, a hat-trick, like Ian says, it is a collector's item. <laughs> yeah, especially after the first half he had, oh, which true. nothing mm. really happened for him. And um, his apparent foul on somebody caused the uh, Lamella goal to be disallowed. So I think he could have forgot the first half. Um, but yeah, good on him. It was a perfect hat trick in the end, wasn't it? Oh, Header, left, left foot, foot, right foot. foot. Yeah, so, exactly. mm. um, he, he did really well, took the first goal excellently. But as you said at the top of the show, I mean, all the talking points really, uh, all the good points that we should be talking about, have been overshadowed by this VAR which, uh, excuse the pun, was varsical. Ridiculous. It was like, I couldn't believe. And I understand uh, what Ian's saying about wanting to leave after 30 minutes because it just it just killed the game. It was like, stop, start, stop, start, mainly stop. And not, no one really knowing what was going on. Some of the decisions looked bizarre and it, it just was killing any momentum Spurs were getting uh, in the game at the beginning. And where we could have been like 3-0 up, suddenly it was 1-1. And by half-time, it was looking that it could turn into a nightmare. But anyway, Laurent, they got his hat-trick, and, uh, and that was great. And Son uh, got two. And you're right with the attacking players. You know, Luca played well. Lamella was OK. wasn't his best game, I didn't think. But, yeah, they all did pretty well in attack. So it, it bodes well going forward. Yeah, it very much does so. I mean, Jay's coming over to you. Trippier called the game crazy due to the VAR. Danny Rose has called it shambolic, laughable, an absolute disgrace. Dan Smith says, I just can't wait to hear what Jason says about VAR decisions and the utter shambolic madness of an evening. Come on, Jace, stage is yours. What did you make of um, the VAR system and the game overall? Well, let's take VAR a bit later. It's just, just a game that will live in my memory for, for so many reasons. Obviously, there was VAR, but there was so much within a game that was just... Just crazy. I mean, the sight of a referee spraying white foam onto snow rather than just trying to clear the snow. There was the sight of Danny Rose running around with snow having settled on the top of his head. And yet, it was just, you know, I can't think of a game that's been played in conditions like that since I went to a, a Screen Sports Super Cup tie in 1985 when we played Everton at White Hart Lane. And I think that's the only time I can remember blizzard conditions through through almost the entire game. I mean, we had people clearing the lines off the pitch when the ball was out of play or down the other end and all sorts of things that will live in the memory. And plus, plus Lorente's hat-trick and plus Carl Walker-Peters' first goal for the club. So even, even aside from all the VAR controversy, there was, there was plenty of things to remember from the game, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. I mean, it most certainly was. And, I mean, Jace, listen... You've been a firm defender in terms of some players that they haven't always, you know, been given a, a fair crack of the whip. You know, some players, like we say, the likes of Soko, Lorente. But, I mean, isn't that great for his confidence, Jason? A hat-trick, which really, it should be a night we're talking about that side of things rather than having to talk about the system. I mean, how pleased are you to see some of these guys, you know, put in fairly decent performances? Although we have to obviously acknowledge the opposition's not the greatest. Yeah, fantastic to see him score, and and I I understand that people say it's Rochdale, so 
so what? So you've you scored a hat trick against Rochdale, but some of those same people that will say that will be saying Lucas Mora should be playing Saturday because of his performance last night. But wasn't he playing Rochdale as well? Mm. And you know, we, we've seen it with other Lorente goals. He only scored against a bunch of pig farmers sort of Applewell. But the same people will still claim Harry Kane got hat trick against Applewell. <laughs> so you, you can't have it both ways. You know, if if, if you if you want to take away from Lorente's performance last night because it's Rochdale. You have to take away from everyone's performance, not just half the team, while the other half you approve of. It's it's just not fair. It's fantastic that he made a contribution. Let's be fair. He, he, we go in at half-time. The cup tie is still in the balance at 1-1. And 15 minutes later, he's got a hat-trick and we're 4-1 up. So just, you know, it's fine to give the bloke a bit of credit. It doesn't mean to say you like him. It doesn't mean to say that you... You think he's good enough. It doesn't mean to say you sh- you want to keep him. It doesn't mean to say you want him to play Saturday. It's just an acceptance that on the night, the job that he was in the team to do, he went out and done. So just just accept that and say well played, and then get on with it. Yeah, most certainly the case. Two nil Manchester case. City boys. Two nil Manchester City. We're recording this live, Two guys, in Manchester case you're City. wondering. So you are going to get frequent updates throughout the night about Man City. As long as Man City keep on scoring, let's make that clear. As long as Man City keep on scoring, you'll keep getting the updates. Um, Vass, let me bring it back round to you. So just to look at the team itself. So Pochettino named a very attack-minded trio in Lamella Sonomura as he rotated the team that won later on against Crystal Palace. With also minutes for fourth and the returning Rose and Winks. When you saw the team, Vass, were you fairly happy with that? Was that what you was roughly expecting? Yeah, it was what I was expecting personally, Rick. I didn't think that it would be too different from the team that played Rochdale at their place. So no real surprises for for me, to be honest. And um, in terms of performances, uh, a couple to highlight, obviously, the the attacking trio did well. Um, And I was impressed once again with uh, Juan Foyt at the back. Mm who showed some good composure once again and to, to sort of um, quantify it as, um, as Jace just said, okay, it was Rochdale, but in those conditions as well, he still needed to do a job and I think he did it really well. Yeah. Disappointed one or two performances. Uh, Harry Winks looked out of sorts. He do, seems do you to be... Do he's fit though, Vass? I mean, that's my only miles, but he doesn't look like yeah. he's fit out there. <clears throat> no, I think, yeah, it's definitely to do with his fitness mm. and it's just not happening for him at the moment. Um, he certainly seemed below par and he looked a bit frustrated when he was um, substituted later on, which is understandable. He, he seems far removed from the player who ran the show in Madrid. Um, but maybe that's just something that he's got to be patient with and, and just needs a bit more time. But the team as a whole was as expected. And I think after the difficult the difficulty of the first half... Um, they certainly came out with a purpose second half and just killed the game very quickly after that. Yeah. I mean, Ian, coming round to you, I mean, I personally thought it was great to see the likes of Rose and Wince getting those essential minutes. I mean, do we have to give Pochettino some credit also, Ian, for not taking any risks? He had the likes of Sanchez, Dembele, Eriksen, Ali and Kane all on that bench on Wednesday night if they were required to come on the field. Yeah, I, th- I think that we've we've said before um, on the pod that... Um, you know, it is a, a, a squad game, and you know you've got 25 people named, you know, named in 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 that squad, and it's important to keep all of them happy. Um, and 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 I think that the, the, the team that 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 went out at the start of um, Wednesday Wednesday night's game was what we'd all sort of predicted it may well be. I don't think there was any surprises, and it's good to get these players like Van Foyth and. And a few of the others, some effective game time because, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that Foyth is, is definitely going to be one of those ones that that is going to be uh, for the future. You know, I think he's getting the opportunity now to to, to learn the English game and, and, and bulk up as, as 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 a as a young man, and and we hope that um, that that he will come through and, and be considered um, as 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 a as a replacement should should we lose, you know, one of our existing. Um, centre back pairing, you know, and, and, and as for, you know, as for the full backs, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's good to see Trippier and Rose back out there because I think Rose has still got a lot of um, game time before he's back oh, yes. to the, to the yep. player. We all, we all sort of like 
got to, to, to enjoy the, you know a, a season or two ago. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was good to see to see the team that was there, um, and um, you know as you say onwards and upwards to the next to the next round. Yep, very much so. Well, listen, we've tried our best. We're 15 minutes into it, and it is unfortunately that time we've got to have to bring in the VAR discussion. I mean, we've had so many questions come in. I mean, Mark Butcher said, should we scrap VAR from what we've seen of it? It's farcical. Keith Gearing says, does VAR kill the joy of scoring goals? I mean, Freddie, who says on VAR, what's your opinion? Should it stay? Should it be reworked? Should the FA just get rid of it? Jace, let's get your thoughts initially on some of those questions. So Freddie says, should we just get rid of it? Should it be reworked? Should it stay? What do you think first on that one? Well, my personal choice would be absolutely to get rid of it. But but then again, I'm one of those people that has always said, you have to learn to accept the decisions of referees. And unfortunately, we live in a world where where most fans, most managers, most players can't accept the decision of referees and spend hours arguing. I mean, look at Liverpool. We had a game at Liverpool uh, what, three weeks, weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks after it was still Where three weeks on, people are still moaning at mm. decisions. We saw that that's a game that didn't play under VAR. We lost five minutes of that game while we were waiting around to decide about two penalties. Nobody in the stadium had a clue what was happening that day. And um, and that descended into total chaos as Manchester City go 3 0 up at the end Come of 30 on, minutes. Come on, real gone. Manchester City, we're loving um, this. <laughs> so, th- you know, th- that's part of my problem with VAR. I- I'm trying to, I don't want it to be in the game at all, but it-, it looks like it's coming. So I'm trying to keep an open mind and think, right, let's take last night out let's wait till we get to the end of the trial period and then let's let's make a decision i mean you know it's frustrating when you see a goal scored and you can't celebrate it but then it's also frustrating sometimes with that far when you score a perfectly good goal and you can't celebrate it because it's been disallowed mm. and and there's things like that 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 have led to the introduction of VAR was, you know, Pedro Mendes scored a goal at Old Trafford and none of us could celebrate it. So that brought in goal line technology. So there's, there's plenty of times in football at the moment when the crowd can't react as they should because of the decisions of referees. But as I say, for me, I'd rather it not be in the game and we have to live by the referee's decision, but we have to respect them if we're going to do that, not then moan about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely fair play. I think that's where pretty much we probably all stand across the board. I mean, let me ask you, Vass, from your end, does VAR, as Kiefer said, kill the joy of scoring goals? Because you're in the stadium last night. You, I bet you're not too sure towards the end of the game when the goals are going on whether to celebrate or not. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like that. Um, obviously, like for the first goal, when well, the first goal that was disallowed when Lamella scored, the, the crowd cheered, and as you would... And, and then it all just kind of gets stifled because mm. you see this guy standing in the middle with his finger in his ear and you're thinking, you know, what's happening now? Oh, hang on, it's VAR. Oh, stop celebrating. Uh, somebody did a classic uh, tweet today uh, mimicking the old uh, Gaza free kick against Arsenal in 91. And he's gone, oh, he's going to have a crack, you know. What a goal! Oh, hang on, VAR. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Don't. Can you imagine that, that goal going going in, and then all of a sudden, everyone, you know, we've got to stop and wait for some guy to take his finger out of his ear before we know whether to celebrate <laughs> oh, or not. Dear Lord. Uh, it, it did ruin it last night, but I think the thing that killed it the most—I'm not really sure whether it should stay or go. To be honest with you, uh, Jace is absolutely right. I think it's about accepting the decision of the referee, and football has become such that the referees are constantly being questioned uh, in every decision that they make and they are going to get things wrong. And, and if we as a public, a football-going public, and the, uh, the media and the TV companies can accept that the referee will make a mistake now and again, you know, we'd all be a happier lot, I think. But the VAR situation, what killed it for me last night was just how long it was taking to reach a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, they should be able to do that within seconds not needing like a minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, just It's just not on. Just quickly on that as well. Part of our anger as fans when, when decisions are going against us is because we're watching replays ourselves on TV. So our anger and frustration is based on videos, but then suddenly we're getting annoyed when the referees are watching the same videos that we are and the decision goes against us. So, you know, the whole thing is a mess, but everyone in the game has to accept that it's, it's partly their fault. You see, I would accept it. I've got no problem with accepting it. It's sitting in a 
ground where the snow's pissing down and it's cold <laughs> and not knowing what's going on. Yeah. Right? By all means, make it part and parcel of the experience. If you want to, you know, go down the, the, the way that they do it in cricket or they do it in rugby. Got no problem with that. Just announce it's it, in, isn't it? They, they just don't even it, announce it. That they're going to be a so no one's telling knows exactly no, what's going no, on at all. To, to be fair, to be mm. fair, there was a couple. There was there was at least once. Well, it might have been twice that I noticed it when I looked up onto the big screen, and it said VAR review. Right. And I thought, all right, okay, fair enough. But what gets me is that, you know, unless unless I've, I've missed out on on what it was brought in to do. You're not telling me that the, that the decisions that were reversed yesterday, a decent referee and his team couldn't have worked out for themselves. You know, I've, I've no problem with with it with goal line with a, a goal line technology or a contentious sending off, but you know, the, if the, the the goal if the the linesman and the referee doesn't see anything wrong with the goal that Lamella scores. Why? Why does it have to be reviewed? You know, yeah, what, what yeah. is what is that all about? You know, if what it's what happened yesterday was that game was refereed by the person who was not on the pitch, and and if that's the way we're going, then I'm sorry, this isn't a game that I want to be any part of, because mm. it's all part and parcel of the of the the, the enjoyment. I I. I swear and cuss at referee decisions like the rest of us you know I, it, it's something you know i feel sorry for the people that sit around me sometimes because <laughs> if they do wind me up <laughs> however that's part and parcel of the game yeah it and is. It this, is, yeah. This, this current process is not the what we saw last night wasn't part and parcel of what makes football great no. and that's what concerned me by all means tweak it by all means, you know, take what, what Jason and, and, and Vaz have said about accepting what the referee has to say. But like like those those friends who live one side of Stanley Park uh, up in Liverpool, you know, three, four weeks later, and they're still banging on about decisions that were perfectly valid and legitimate on the night. So I, I understand what the guys are saying, but in my mind... It, I, it has to be a situation where you either make it part and parcel of the, the, the game experience or you do away with it. Yeah. You can't have this sitting there waiting for some pillock up in the flipping gods <laughs> to make the decision. Because, because if memory serves me right, I can remember being at Stoke City and having the, having the experience of seeing the worst refereeing performance ever and it was the same pillock that was upstairs making that decision, and so you know, was it that? Was it that? Chris Foy. Foy. Uh, Chris, Chris Foy. Foy. Chris mm. Foy. Yeah. His performance mm. at Stoke City away about five years ago was the worst I'd seen in in the last ten years of me going to football regularly. And he's the man making the decisions. The lunatics have taken no, over the asylum. Just on that, Chris Foy was doing it. Chris Foy was doing it for BT, but he wasn't the one making the VAR right. decisions. Yeah, in right, fairness so to him, right, fair he's enough. the one that's trying to do it on TV so yeah. that TV can try and understand it. I mean, the only thing I'll say, as, as I say, I'm not in favour of VAR, but I mean, Ian, you were at Anfield three weeks ago when those penalties were being given and the game was held up for five minutes. Did yeah. you have a clue what was happening that day? Um, well, I didn't, but it was Well, there you go. But no, there no, you go. But, that's, that's the problem, but, isn't it? But I didn't, but then... You know, my, we, we all sort of like could sit there and we could see the referees and, and the, his assistant talking, and and we were we, we were working it out in our in, in our in our, ourselves as to what might be happening. Last night there was none of that. You know, what, why has this man got his finger in his ear? Do you know what I mean? There was, there was, there was what, what is he doing? Come over to you, Vass. Look. You yourself, you was a level four referee on the FA list for a while. I mean, talk me through that first decision. We've got to try and cover all of these incidents off. So that first one, I mean, not only did it take an age of us to get this decision in terms of the VAR for Lamella's disallowed goal, but how did yeah. they even come to the point where Lorente's fouled the defender? If anything, it looked the opposite. But I mean, how do they come to that de decision? I just, it's baffling. Yeah, that's absolutely baffling. That 
<clears throat> that's just a, a subjective one, and it's all about opinion. In, in actual fact, um, that out, out of all the decisions yesterday evening, I think that one was the most bizarre because there's no real, um, what's the word? Um, there's no real foundation for that decision. It's just an opinion. Mm. Whoever's reviewing it in the box has seen perhaps Lorente uh, pull on the defender's shirt, but he's totally missed the original pull by the defender on Lorente. So that was a totally bizarre one. That one, I, I just can't even explain that one, to be honest, Rick. Yeah, I mean, Jason, I've got to ask you, I mean, in terms of the VAR, what we've told is that every game-changing decision will be reverted to VAR. So, I mean, I have to ask you the same question, Jason. Look, I've seen that Lorente you know, incident now for that first goal numerous times. If anything, Lorente is the one being fouled. So how do you think, Jace, they come to that decision? Or is that just appalling refereeing rather than having a go at the VAR technology? Uh, no, I think it's the other way around. I think it's appalling VAR watching rather than the referee. But we know, the Jace, they're going to stop that. They're going to stop every game-changing incident to have it VAR yeah, but reviewed. All I mean is the, the on-pitch referee was quite happy with the goal. He had no problem with it at all. So it's hard to blame him if he then gets a shout in his ear. Should he overrule that, it, Jay? Should he not be strong enough to overrule that and say, look, I've seen it first hand. I'm on the pitch. Is there not that as an argument? Well, to a degree, you're right. I suppose the, the, the only thing is, in the system, we can look at it with, with that goal in mind. But maybe he'd say, uh, if you think back to the, the famous Henri goal against Ireland, which is another handball. reason it's since come in. Yeah. You know, the referee on the day didn't see a handball and said, look, I'm perfectly happy with that goal. Mm. But the whole world watching it said, well, hold on, there's a whole nation being cheated out of a World Cup. So I suppose that's why that the overall thing is that the, the VAR man can say to the referee, hold on, you've missed something rather mm. than having to be asked. That's that's a problem. We're, we're trying to use VAR to justify last night's decisions, but there are so many decisions that that could well go the other way. That's, that's, that's the problem with it. But none of us can explain why that goal was disallowed. And in fairness, when I watched it back today, I mean, Chris Foy himself, even he said, I can't understand why that goal was disallowed. <laughs> yeah. So therein lies part of the problem. It does indeed. I mean, Ian, in between all this mess, Min Son put us in front after a brilliant individual run from the South Korean. No doubt about it. That one definitely counted. Ian, a great finish from Sonny. And, you know, I made that argument before with Son that for me now, when he's 100% fit, he has to be starting every game, doesn't he, Sonny? Ian, we've seen the last couple of weeks he's tended to favour Lamella. But are you in the camp that if Sonny's 100% fit, he has to be on the pitch? Totally, 100%. No qualms about that at all. You know, we've, we've looked we've looked totally assertive when he's been on the pitch. And, and I think we should always go with him if he's 100% fit. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant finish from Sonny in between the mess. And then we come round to the next VAR incident. And Vass, I'm going to come back round to you. More drama this time, as Trippier was adjudged originally to be fouled outside of the area. We then had the VAR decision to say he was fouled inside the box. And therefore, a free kick, which originally was awarded, was turned into a penalty. Um, Son steps up appears to faint, and the referee rules it out. I mean, in your experience, Vas, could you understand that incident? I can understand the original awarding of the penalty mm. because law says that if the foul continues into the penalty area, then it's a penalty. But if VAR hadn't intervened at that point and a penalty been awarded to Spurs we would have just accepted the free kick uh, on the edge of the area like in any other game because these decisions sometimes just pass us by. But it was a penalty. It was right that it was awarded a penalty. I still think the decision could have come back to the referee a lot quicker than it did because that seemed to take forever to give that decision as well. And then as for Sonny taking the penalty... Look, I don't agree with players pausing in the run-up. I, I think it's um, unsporting behaviour and it shouldn't. nobody should be doing it. But nevertheless, there was nothing wrong with what Son did in, in that um, penalty take. Law says that a player who deliberately stops at the end of their run and then feigns to gain an advantage is deliberately breaking the law. So... 
In other words, you can hesitate in your run, but you can't pretty much run up to the ball, stop as you're about to kick it, wait for the goalie to fall, and then kick it in the net. Mm. That's not what that law is designed for. The feigning thing um, refers to pausing right at the end when you're about to take your kick. If you're pausing in your run-up, well, technically, that's allowed. So I don't know if there was a misinterpretation of law uh, in that moment, but it certainly seemed to be to me, unless something's changed that I'm not aware of. But that's that's how I read the law in that one. There was like players from both teams <laughs> in the penalty area. <laughs> there was, you know, yeah, it's encroaching on everyone's the, behalf. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the referee should have just blew his whistle and stopped the kick from being taken until they got well, yeah. back out again. But yeah. yeah, anyway, it's just a real mess, isn't it? I mean, bringing it round to you, Jason. The worst thing about it is that I mean, like Vasta said there, that the VR that time had actually done the job it was meant to. But unfortunately, on a night like this where there's so much chaos, Jace, it doesn't really get the credit it deserves for that one isolated incident, Jace. <laughs> well, the incident for me was was strange because um, we're in a we're in a period of the game at the moment where um, where so many penalties that Tottenham are getting are, are being described as dives and players are going down too easy, and this is a disgrace what Tottenham are doing. But here's an incident where you've got Trippier with a bloke trying to strangle him, what, 10 yards outside <laughs> the penalty area, and there's no foul given. And the foul continues like that for 10 yards, and still there's no foul. There's no flag from the linesman, there's no foul from the referee. They're all quite happy to watch this going on. It's only when he gets into the box and then falls out, let's be fair about it, he goes down incredibly softly and theatrically that they then give a penalty. So you're almost encouraging players to do that because that's a clear case where unless a player goes down, they're never going to give the foul. And and that's the frustration for me. I mean, they, they should have given the foul as soon as it happened. It should never even got to the penalty area. You can't grab someone round the neck. I think they were right to let it go, Jace, because if it continues into the area, you know, they've got to let the, the play sort of pan out. And if it continues into the area, it becomes a penalty. When Trippier did go down... Um, Andy Garrett, who was the assistant on this side, he he sort of moved back outside the 18-yard line, flagged to give the free kick. So he's gone back to where the foul commenced. And that was wrong. He should have just been flagging to give the penalty at that point. So there was an error on the field by the officials. But, VAR but corrected it, but they took too long about it. But do you think, Vass, if Trippier hadn't gone down, he'd have even given a foul? That's a good point. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't that, have that, done. That's, yeah. that's my point. Yeah. He's yeah. got to go down to get the foul. And people are saying there's another Tottenham diver. But as soon as he did go down, they finally give the decision. But the decision was no worse than when he went down than when it started, when they weren't giving it. That's that's all I'd say on the Trippier thing. On Sonny's thing, I think, yep, there's, there's confusion in that role of, of is it a feint, is it stopping. All I'll say is on the night in the stadium... I thought Sonny had stopped. So I can't really have a go at the referee for thinking the same. It's it's great when you're all watching it and you, you see it back on replay, but that goes back to what I said. You're making that decision based on a, on a video, but then we're complaining that the referees are using a video to make a decision. You, it can't be both ways. You have to just accept that the referee on the night thought he'd stopped. And I can understand, having watched it live in the stadium, why the referee thought he stopped. To, to me, just run up and hit the penalty. The, the confusion starts with Sonny. Don't get clever. Just run up and take the penalty. And then there's no decision to make from the referee. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Ian, I want to bring you in on this on the incident with Sonny, just to kind of sum this one up and wrap it all up. Now, from what we understand, Law 14, which Vass touched upon briefly, was fainting in the run-up to take a penalty kick to confuse opponents is permitted as part of football. But fainting to kick the ball once the player has completed his run-up isn't permitted, law 14. Son stuttered in the run-up, not while kicking the ball. That effectively means the penalty should have stood. I mean, Ian, Jason said he can understand why it wasn't given. Can you understand that as well, or do you think it should have stood? I totally agree with what Jason said. <clears throat> in, in, in the, in, you know, as he runs up, I feel he stops at the end of his run, and then he, and then he strikes a ball. So, whilst, whilst, at the time, I never knew what was going on because of the, all the VIR rubbish. I just thought that that, that that decision 
based on what the the referee saw was was probably the right one. Right. But you know what, guys? He didn't stop at the end of his run. He stopped and then he carried on running and then he kicked the ball. But nevertheless, right. I, no, no, no. Yeah. I, all I all I can say from 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 my point of view is I was at the I'll, yeah. I'll do an Arsene Benga. You called it on this show, Ian. Don't even try it. <laughs> Don't you dare. Really see what was going on. Oh, no, but yeah. it, it, in all seriousness, I was. I always sort of like have a good old debrief with with, with my son on 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 the things, and he's he's a pretty good judge of of rules and decisions, and and you know he seemed to think that the referee on on the balance of what we saw got it right. I think as well part of the chaos that you think in the in in the game is going on because because pundits on TV and and sometimes us fans in the stadium we don't quite know the laws. We're arguing about whether Sonny stopped or it stuttered. Is it allowed to be in his run or isn't it? I mean, I'll, I'll admit myself when the ball went in and I thought right, he's disallowed the penalty. Even I got the law wrong. I thought he'd be allowed to retake the penalty. And so I'm shouting at the referee, hold on, why, why aren't we allowed to retake it? It then becomes obvious, well, well, actually, on that part of the law, Jason's wrong himself. So he can't really shout the referee for getting it wrong and causing chaos when he's, he's obviously not aware of the law. And I think there's so many parts of last night where, where you, you know, you see the information that you saw Holt and Genus at half time. They couldn't agree on whether Sonny stopped and no, stuttered no. or it was part of his run. Mm. So... When so many people don't understand themselves what's going on, we can't really expect the referees necessarily. You can understand why they get confused and it becomes chaos sometimes as yep. well. Yeah, very true. Can I ask you, Jase, as we've got you on the talking point here, um, a couple of minutes before the Sonny incident, we had Lucas Moura go down in the box after a brushing of the leg against Jimmy McNulty. Now, in real time, it may have looked like that Moura was making the most of that. But, I mean, having said that, Jase, when you watch that back on replay... It looks like a fairly decent penalty appeal. And at the time, the referee, he seemed insistent this time that it wasn't a penalty. And again, though, was then forced to seem to use the VAR by the fourth official. I mean, again, Jase, if the referee is so insistent that, look, I don't think it's a penalty, should you then be forced to then check the VAR? I mean, because what's the point of having him there if he's not going to have any strength at all on the pitch? Well, I agree. And, um, I mean, for me, I thought that did look a decent... I mean, from my angle, that looked mm. a decent penalty shout. Yeah. It really did. Because, and, and again, when I, I see that back on TV this morning, there's, there's no attempt from the defender to play the ball at all. He's, he's purely interested in, in stopping more or getting to it. So, at the very least, you could say it's obstruction and it should be a free kick or something. I think the real frustration with VAR's use in that case is that the game has restarted and then the ball goes out for a throw-on and then... We then go back, and and I can partly understand all the waiting around for time for make a decision while the ball's not in play. But as the game's now moved on and we're at a totally different point of the game, that's when I got really frustrated and thinking, "Hold on, we, we can't we can't keep going like this." I think that was the worst part of it completely for me. Yeah, and that's bringing it over to you. I mean, listen, let's be honest. That incident rocked us. The, the Lamella disallow goal rocked us as well, along with the Trippier and Sonny issue, and then they go and score. That's typically to make it one all. I mean, that really added insult to injury for us, didn't it? I mean, they had two goals disallowed Spurs at that point. Coming towards half-time, I did fear for the worst. They went and hit the post as well. You just felt we needed to kind of get in at half-time and regroup because I don't want to keep bringing up this, this VAR thing. It really kind of knocked our confidence in that first half. Yeah, it was what I said earlier on. It just, it just um, killed any momentum that we were trying to get in the game. And it almost felt as if with the refereeing, the conditions and everything else. It was one of those nights that was set to go against us. And um, I was quite pleased to see the way they came out in the second half. Mm. I'm sure Pochettino must have said to them, look, you just get out there and kill this game because the way it's going is going to be taken away from you. And that's how I felt it, it would be, to be honest with you. But they came out with the right attitude and, and killed it off. But yeah, up until around half time, we was wondering whether it was going to be an embarrassing night for Spurs, I've got to be honest. Did you fear the worst, fast when as soon as we restarted the second half, we had to restart it again? <laughs> <laughs> you just think, oh, no, here we go. We've oh, only been playing is, two seconds. This is the thing. The what was that about? What was that about? Yeah, the referee was being <laughs> oh, so particular. I don't know if you noticed, but there was a few goal kicks. They kept uh, pulling back and getting Vaughan to retake them. And all that was is because the... Rochdale players 
were in the 18-yard area when the ball was kicked out by the goalkeeper, which technically is a retake. But you watch all the games on any given weekend and um, this the, the referees will probably let that go. Um, I've not seen this referee, uh, is it Tierney, in the, in the Premier League before. I think he's probably just coming up from the Championship, but he was far too officious for me. I mean, even the restart, you know, it's just the ball wasn't going anywhere. It's just in the middle of the park. Actually, it was played back, wasn't it? Played back to our, uh, our midfielder. So, unnecessary stoppages all through the game, got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, but we did need someone to change it. And that man, Ian Caramani, you was Fernando Loriente. We've been waiting for this guy, you know, to really kind of ignite in a Spurs shirt. And I think it's fair to say, Ian, let's bring it back a little bit because it was a wonderful pass from Lucas Moura into Lorente. I mean, Ian, that finish from Lorente, his first goal, you have to say that doesn't look like a striker. That's lacking in confidence. Could you believe that kind of finish? Um, I don't think I could, really, because <laughs> after all what had gone on before, it, it, the, the game had just sort of like descended into a surreal sort of farcical sort of game of football. But, you know, and, and in all seriousness, you know, b- based on Lorente's performance against Newport, where, you know, he had a number of similar chances to, 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 to score at least three, he, he owed us that last night. And I, and I think that, you know, that all, all three of those goals were quality goals. And, you know, the, the first one was, you know, I, I always loved that little dinked finish. Mm. It, it, adds, it adds a sort of a, an almost a bit of gloss and a bit of quality to the finish. So, yeah, fair play to him. You know, he's obviously a man who's got confidence in himself, you know, and, and, and let's hope that, that, that this is this is the first of, of many that, that he scores in, in our colours. Oh, definitely, most certainly. I mean, you've got to say, Lamella, Lucas and Son, they cause them problems all evening. And we just seem to look so much more assertive and controlled in the middle of that midfield. And, I mean, Jay's got to ask you, Mora, he looks like the player that we was all hoping for and so much more. Not only, as we've said before, the ability to run with the ball, but to play those in-splitting passes through a defence to open up the opposition. I mean, early days, Jace, we know the opposition wasn't the greatest on Wednesday night, but... It doesn't like we found a real gem here for the price we've got him. Yeah, absolutely. Early days, but but what we've seen we like so far. Mm. That's that's the easiest thing. And as you say, twenty five million. When you think sixty five million wasn't enough to buy Riyad Mahrez, who would you sooner have, Riyad Mahrez for sixty five or seventy million, or Lucas Moura for twenty five? So, you know, I'm glad we I'm glad we went and got Moura rather than than trying to get into a bidding war for Riyad Mahrez. That's for sure. And and everything I've seen so far looks good. It's just Give give him time and accept there'll be there, there may be good and bad performances between now and the end of the season, but without a doubt, in the long run, we got a fantastic player on our hands. Yeah, I mean, like I say, followed from that goal, we had the inch perfect pass from Sonny Tamora, whose beautifully weighted pass was then tucked down by Lorente again for his second of the night. We had Mora's second assist of the night as well, and Lorente on a hat trick. I mean, Jason, even at that point, could you believe we were saying Lorente's on a hat trick? It was just incredible, wasn't it, to even think like this? I mean, the guy has been so out of form, as we say. This could be the perfect thing, Jace, to really ignite him because, you know, he's going to be vital to us and, you know, towards the coming end of the season, isn't he? If we need a bring some off the bench to get us a goal? Well, he is. And, and we had a question, I don't know, about three or four weeks ago that said, will he ever make a contribution? And I said then, I think there will be a game mm. at some stage in the season where, where he comes off a bench and he, he scores a winner or a vital equaliser. And I think it will still come. And I think I said at the time, it might be a game like Brighton away or one of those horrible games, a bit like the Palace game where we're struggling for anything and and just something happens to pop up for him. He did it at Swansea in the league, in fairness. He hasn't done it anywhere near enough. We we certainly haven't had what we wanted from him. But, yeah, you know, I still believe that he'll deliver something that gets us a vital point or three points somewhere along the line between now and the end of the season. Yeah, before I move it on to you, just a quick question for you, Jay. Sanjeev Kumar asks, are Mora and Lorente on the same wavelength? And did we finally see Spurs play into the strengths of Lorente in that game? I think Lorente's actually... The, the bits of good play around Lorente have been when Sonny's on the pitch as much as anyone. I mean, he, he was the one who put Sonny through one-on-one at Rochdale. I think those two created our cup goal against West Ham when Sissoko scored. We just haven't seen enough of it. I think... You know, we we haven't got enough crosses into the box for for Lorente, and we we obviously had two cutbacks in the byline yesterday. But I think the other times we just perhaps haven't made the when when Lorente's almost as the target man to flick balls on. We haven't got the people running off him 
that that we did last night and and that's been the the surprise and the only person that's been able to do that so far has been Sonny in fairness yeah it was, and Sonny, like I say, was pivotal for Lorente's hat-trick. A wonderful jinking run for his first ever hat-trick in English football. First ever. Um, Ian, let me bring it over to you. We had, obviously, some questions about Eric Lamella, who was favoured at the weekend as opposed to Sonny, which seemed to get a little bit of criticism. But questioning from Mohamed Sertu says, is Spurs now playing with genuine wiggers, i.e. Son and Mora, the best way to get the most out of Lamella? Do you not think that his short passing game gets more effective the way the play seems to get more stretched. What do you make of that point, Ian, on Lamella? Um, I think he's, he's a player that, that, that seems to revel in in, in space, as, as, as all good footballers do. I think with, with, with Lamella, though, he's just got to learn to find his own. And and I think that, that with, with Son and, and Mora, it does provide... The, the the opposition whoever we're playing on the day with 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 more answers than than, than they can come up with because you know that they, they are a handful those two and I think that in, in them going you know going wide it provides the, the the platform for for Lamella to paint his best for us um, in in going forward so I think that um, you know that that's my views on 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 what it takes to to to, to make Eric Lamella good. I always remember the goal he scored against was it Villa a few years ago. You know he he came in and he had space to come in, and I think that that we need to provide different options for for different opponents. And I think that that's one sort of group of players that can do that whilst getting the best out of Eric Lamella. Yeah, I mean, that's I've got to ask you, Lamella, I don't know where you stand on Eric. I think we had you on the show a while back and I think you were still kind of unsure on, on his future at the club. But, I mean, I've got to ask you the same question, Vass. Do you think there's a there's a player in the long term for Tottenham? Because when he does seem to get opportunities, he, he seems to be one of Pochettino's favourite players. We saw it the weekend before and he seems to always pick him if he is fit ahead of Sonny. He seems to love his work rate and his attitude to the game. I mean, how do you see his future at the club? Um, well, I've always been a bit of a supporter of Lamella because I do think he brings something to the squad. Um, the reason I, I may have mentioned that his future may be in doubt is because he's he's going to be coming up for a contract uh, negotiations, and, and mm. I guess the club are going to be waiting to see because he's been he's had some horrific injuries. Um, and I can see why Pochettino does pick him. Uh, Lamella was probably one of the first players who bought into his philosophy. He epitomises the way that um, Pochettino likes his team to try and win, win possession back quickly. Um, and I think he's been playing him ahead of uh, Sonny in a few games. And I think it's purely tactical, um, depending on, on the opponent. So we'll see if he continues to do that or not. Yeah, I do believe there's a player in there. Um, I think he's just a little bit erratic at times, and his only uh, the only criticism I've got, I think, of him sometimes is that he's he's just so left-footed. Everything on his left foot and he, and his body shape sometimes um, doesn't allow him to see the other option in terms of making that pass because he's he's almost playing with a with a blinker on sometimes. But no, I've got no issues with um having Lamella as part of our squad going forward and um hopefully he'll he'll continue to improve now that he's um back from a really serious injury like I said and, and he gets more game time under his belt. Yeah, I mean Zoe asked the question, Vass, let me get your thoughts on this one. Seeing Lucas, Lamella and Sonny on the pitch together which one of them as a whole stood out and which one of them do you think are a, are a first-namer on the team sheet for you? I mean, obviously, he seems to have favoured recent weeks, Lamella, but then Mora obviously needs games. Sonny has had a period of games under Poch, but he's kind of sat back on the bench. But, I mean, I said the same thing to Ian Vassett. For me, if Sonny's 100% fit, he starts every game. You know, that's how I see it. I mean, is that, is that how you see it? Yeah, whether he starts every game, Rick, will depend on the formation and the opponent. Yeah, but cer- yeah. Certainly... But in terms of the Premier League games, but... Champions League. Yeah, in terms of those three players, um, yeah, I think Sonny would be uh, ahead of the other two going forward. Okay. 
because um, Son Son brings something different. You know, he can play inside. He can take a player on wide. You know, he he can offer us so much going forward, and he's quite clinical. He scored twenty plus goals mm. last season. Yeah, I mean his his goal scoring has been pretty good up until a few games ago. Um, he's a, he's a quality quality player. So I think um, of the three of them, I'd, I'd have Son uh, okay. in the lineup. On the Son, the, yes, the please. Son debate. Go for it. Ian. Um, I tell you, what, I don't know whether you picked up on this on the on the Palace game at the weekend. I found Harry Kane's body language changed when Sonny was on the pitch. It was almost like my mates on the pitch, you know, somebody that can create things for mm. me. And and his old his whole demeanour seemed to change because I thought up to the point where Sonny came on the pitch, I think, you know, Harry Kane against Crystal Palace, he'd not been the Kane that we've come to He'd had a bit of an off day up to that point, but then when Sonny came on, it was like there was there was a total change in Kane, and I just think that that maybe, you know, it, it's 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 a formation that that we've we've had to fall back on, but it's a formation that that has developed and and started to bear fruit, and I think that that you know we we we, we totally miss his his driving runs and his and his sort of way of of getting the odd goal when we need it, when he's not on the pitch. Let me ask you, Ian, as I stick with you for a second, um, Carl Walker-Peters, a first goal for the club as well. Um, we've had a couple of questions in about Carl Walker-Peters. Let me grab one. So one of the questions we've had in tonight was that how far do you think he is away of really pushing himself into this Tottenham squad um, as a rival for Trippier? Because Ori is nowhere near up to it. And I'm going <laughs> to... Let me, let me get your thoughts on that and I'll dig out who that question's coming from, Ian. What do you make of that question? Um, okay. I thought Carl Walker Peters had a great game, the opening game of the season against Newcastle away. I thought he he, he, he looked assured and he, and he looked like he was a you know, a a, a really another one of, of Poch's discoveries, as it were. Um he's then had a couple of games where he he's been played for me on on the wrong side. And I think I've said this before, you know, when it comes to, to full-back play, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, I, I genuinely believe it's one of those places <laughs> on the pitch where you have to play on your preferred side to get the best out of you. Mm. And, I, and I just think that, you know, Carl Walker-Peters can go as far as, as he wants to go as long as he's given the chance yep. to have a go mm. on his preferred side because you know we had that situation a game earlier on in the season where Trippier played left back and and you know there was no natural width you know every time you know Trippier got the ball he came back onto his right foot and and that's that's what you get when you play a wing back on the wrong side but I think yeah, Walker Peters can play both sides here. He can, but he still looks more comfortable when I've seen him. Yeah. On the opposite I side. I thought he did. I thought he did all right on the left. He side did. Side, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I totally agree. What do you think, Vass? Yeah. I mean, the the question originally I've got it here now. It came in from Andrew Griffiths. Is how far away is he, Vass, for you in terms of the squad? Is he still a fair way off Oria and um, and Trippier? Uh, I don't know. We haven't seen enough of him, yeah, have no, we? I think problem, yeah, Ian's got. I, th- I think I kind of agree with Ian because I- I'm one for playing players on their on their um, strong side. And in fact, when Walker Peters came on last night, I-, I asked my mate, you know, how come he's coming on the left again? You know, and he's left Danny Rose on as well. Um, I think that perhaps Pochettino sees his future at left back, and that's why he's been persevering right. with him there. Okay. Um, and with the question marks up in the air of Danny Rose, who knows? Next season we could we could have two our two left backs as Ben Davies and Carl Walker Peters. Yeah, strange one. We'll have to see. We'll have to see indeed. Jace, let me ask you a couple of questions on Musa Sissoko, your favourite player of the squad. Everyone knows that by now. Well, 
Before that, I've, I'm just watching Al Bang Average miss a penalty now. You're j- <laughs> <laughs> it's nice getting better and better. You've had the commentary on here, guys. So I hope you've enjoyed this as well, <laughs> listening back to it tomorrow morning. James, let me ask you about Sissoko then. So Free Amigo says another good game for Sissoko. Movement off the ball, weight of passing and track back. And overall kept the side ticking over and accompanied a member of the side. And Life at says... Pretty quiet and uneventful game, really. To say about all right, didn't he? Jace, any love out there for Soko for you? <laughs> <laughs> I always get the moose to Soko. You do one, get the moose Soko question. Uh, what was strange was that it, he kind of played in the the role that we expect Dyer Wanyama to usually play. I as the as the defensive midfield player, and and he made lots of covering runs where where he was first to the ball when they were trying to break. So probably on the night, the, the, the job he was given was a different role for him. And he, and he did it perfectly well on the evening. That's, that's it. He still looked clumsy a couple of times with the ball, but he also made a fantastic run for, I think it was the, the third of the Laurenti goals, when he made a, a really good overlapping run. But um, yeah, on, on the night, he just did the, did the job that he needed to do, and, and, and it, that's, that's all you can say about it. Yeah, I mean, Shrias raises a really good point here, Jason. Let's get your thoughts on this. He says, are we finally beginning to see a second-string Tottenham team where everyone knows their roles and duties so that when we play with the same fluidity as the first team plays, um, some of the players on that pitch don't deserve to be called second-string, he says in his eyes, because they are so good. I mean, look at the squad depth we've got now. Would you rear towards agreeing with that one, Jace? that question from Shrias there? It's a, I think it's a great point he raises. Well, they're certainly getting a lot more practice to play together mm. because we keep going to replay. So, <laughs> and, and naturally, the more naturally the more they play together, the understanding should come and the fitness should come and things like that. I think the interesting thing will be, you'll get a much better answer to that question if we play that type of side at Swansea in the quarterfinals rather than trying to judge it against Newport or Rochdale. Mm. It will be really interesting to see, and and that that quarterfinal. Let's say we lost to Juventus next week, so that's our only cup route. It may well be that it all goes to Swansea with a different side if we've been knocked out by Juve to if we're still in the, the Champions League. Will he risk fourth in a game like that? Will he play Lorente up top? So I, I think it's still too early to make our mind up whether you can make 11 changes and get the, the performance right when you start playing Premier League sides. OK, well, you talk about the quarterfinal. Let's have a chat about that then. So, Vass, let me ask you, um, with Chelsea's current run of form... Man United's negative style of football and the fact that we have been playing at Wembley all season, should we be considered Vassar's favourites going into you know the Swansea game or should we know better being Spurs fans down the years of how we should never be labelled favourites for any cup competition? <laughs> no, I don't like labelling us favourites for anything because that's generally when we bottle it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, mm. You've only got you've only got to remember the semi-final against Portsmouth, classic case in point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Whether we are favourites, look, everyone keeps talking about whether we'd have an advantage at Wembley if we get to the semi-final or the final. But it won't be like playing a Premier League game there. We won't have 80,000 Spurs fans. It will likely be an even split of about 30,000 fans each and everything else will go to corporate. So uh, whilst we may have some familiarity about the pitch and the stadium, um, it's not going to feel like a home game on those occasions. So I think everyone should just pipe down about that. Um, Whether we should be favourites, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I mean, Manchester United are still in it. Chelsea are still in it. Um, We're better than both of us, aren't we, on our day? Am I just being deluded to say that? I'm being deluded a little bit. I'm just scared of jinxing it, Rick, if I'm honest. I know, well, I know, I get that, I get that. But you look at the way Chelsea's form at the moment, and you're Man United, I mean, we saw we've done some at Wembley before. I mean, yeah. I think we're good enough on our day. We've said it, I know we've said it on our day so many times, but Ian, let me ask you, I mean, I think we've said on this show so many times how important it is to win a trophy, but do you feel, Ian, this season, if we could just get over the line, get that first trophy on board before going into the new stadium, wouldn't that be the perfect lift for this club? Oh, most definitely, you know. I think that um, we're, we're all getting to the stage where, you know, time's ticking away, mm. and, and you know, n- neither, you know, none of us have seen, you know, much much success in the silverware no. department. No, not the last ten Tottenham years, for a long time. No. You know, so, you know, I think that, um, you know, it would, it would be great, and it would and it would shut a lot of the people up that bang on about, oh yeah, they're good, but they need to win a trophy. What if and, you won? Yeah. And yeah, and you know. I, you know, to, to, and to be fair, there is a point in that. You know, we, we all say that the game is about glory. 
you know, and 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 I, and, and I know that you know that, that there are fi the financial you know rewards associated with finishing high up the league outweigh you know a, a cup final perhaps, but in in general you know nobody remembers whether you come fourth or not, you know. But if your name's been etched on a on the FA Cup or you know, dare I say it, on, on, on the other competition that we're still in this cup, then, you know, why, why, why not? You know, and I, but, you know, we, we have got another tricky, you know, away visit to, to, to Wales to, to negotiate first. Mm, and, we have indeed. You know, we're, and, and we're coming up against a team that has, that I think in the last, was it, 14 or 15 games, I've only lost once and that was to us on a very tight game at uh, the Liberty. So. Yeah. And that, that, that's not yeah. going to be easy. No, and that weather was also really, really poor. I mean, Jace, let me get your thoughts before we have a quick word on Huddersfield, how you see that quarterfinal panning out. What kind of team would you put out, Jace, for that Swansea tie? My gut feeling, if I look at it, just as that Swansea tie, is that you should go pretty strong. I think we've got a, we've pretty much got a clear week, I think, leading up to it. And then they go into the international break, I think, after it. So there's no reason for us have to rest players because we've got a Champions League game on the Wednesday or anything like that but as I say I think Pochettino may well look totally different the Swansea game if Juventus have knocked us out rather than we're still in the competition and I think he'll go stronger if we've been knocked out of the Champions League than he will do if we're still in it but you know let's be fair we said it in the last round we've got you know you've pretty much got 20 full internationals in the squad so whatever side you put together and I think probably Swansea may well start to rotate by then as well. Or they may well not go at full strength because the, the Premier League is definitely far more important to them. So it could be a mix and match from both sides. And I would say a Spurs mix and match side will be a lot stronger than a Swansea mix and match side. Yeah. But then will, will, VAR, will VAR be in operation oh, that day? Good. Look, can you imagine? <laughs> well, I think it will be because I've had it. it's in the cups at the moment. You don't know. You really don't know. But I mean, yeah, it's not going to be an easy game up there. I think like Vass said, they made a point. They've only lost one one game in the last 13, 14. That was against us. And that again was, like I said, on a, on a real kind of rough pitch. I mean, it was an awful night down there in Wales. It really, really was. Vass, let me start with you then for the Huddersfield preview. They've won three of their last six games. They came back off on a away win against West Brom. What kind of game, Vass, are we going to be expecting? It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Isn't it? A three o'clock kickoff at Wembley on a Saturday. It feels like a while since we've had one of these. <laughs> yeah, collector's item. Collector's item. <laughs> um, listen, all games in the Premier League are tough. Mm. And as we know, it, with Spurs, it's the question of getting that early goal. If we get the early goal, uh, the game opens up and generally we we do quite well um i like huddersfield i like their manager um but they haven't got the strongest 11 in the premier league which is why they're sort of uh, in a bit of a dog fight with a lot of other clubs down there and we we've got to be winning this game there's no there's no question about it but they will clearly make life difficult for us not you know you, you have to expect that now yeah and we're going to have Pochettino's press conference today is in Friday, so we're going to know a little bit more in terms of team news. But it didn't look like we had too many knocks coming off that game on Wednesday night. So, Ian, let me come round to you. Um, are we expecting... Whole, I presume we are probably going to expect wholesale changes to that team we saw on Wednesday night. Again, back to the same kind of team we had against Palace week before. Yeah, as long as... as, long as um... As, as long as Aurier has been doing his own work with, with throwing. Super Yards back, hopefully. Potentially, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, I think that um, you know it'll be you know they're, they're, we'll, we'll see Ali, we'll see Ericsson, you know we'll see Kane, you know, and and we'll see Sanchez back on, and and Hugo, and and I think that what I what I, what I admire about Huddersfield is is that they seem to be a team that wants to play. Football. Yeah, I don't think they're going to come and defend, are they? And I think they will actually no, try don't. and come and win the game, which is great to yeah. have a team come and try and do that at least. Yeah, and I think it will make for a, for, for a greater spectacle. Okay. Um, you know, so you know, I, I think that um, we will see wholesale changes, um, and but and we will see the likes of Davis back on the field as well, and and, and all the others I've just mentioned. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Trippier starts though. No, agreed. No, after, I think after, that... after last yeah. week, and maybe Son as well. So, we'll I agree. Do so you think that with yeah. Trippier because he played even on Wednesday? You still think he might start this one? Yeah, I, th I think he might still start this one. 
Yeah. Don't forget, Tripp's got to play against Juve, hasn't he? Oh, next that's week. Oh, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Forgot about because that. Because the yeah. suspension. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so right, uh, yeah. we'll find out on Saturday how much Serge has learned this week on his throw-ins. That'll be, that'll... <laughs> so we'll certainly find out. Ian, let me get your prediction then before I move across to Jace. 2-0 um, Tottenham. 2-0 Tottenham. Comfortable 2-0 Wembley. That's what we like to hear. We need some more of these comfortable ones. Um, Jace, let me come round to you. Any reservations about this game on Saturday? Like you know, Vass has said there, and I think Ian also, I mean, they're going to come and take the game to us, which is quite... Good to have, you know. We're not going to have a team maybe essentially playing eleven men behind the ball. Is that the exact kind of approach we want, just going into this game on Saturday? Yeah, hopefully they they do, and that gives you the space. But I think on the on the other side, I have a, I'm not not totally sure, but I think the Huddersfield have only scored in three or four of their away games, so uh, that suggests they, you know, however much good football they try and play, mm. they've had real problems scoring goals, definitely on the road. So I, I think it should be a, a Let's be fair. We should be if we want that top four spot. We should be beating Huddersfield, oh, no. and yeah, no, I expect yep. us to. Mm. And I think just I mean when you partly covered the team earlier about who plays, I, th- I think that triumvirate we all expect Ali and Ericsson to be behind Kane, and it's just who's the others. And I think my my summary of the situation would be: Sonny, we know has scored what thirty odd goals in two years. It has to start with yep. with with Eric Lamella. You hope. He's going to produce something, and with Lucas Moura, you 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 think he might produce something, but the only one you can actually at the moment stick your, you know, pin your colours to the mask type of thing is Sonny because he's mm. he's been there and done it enough times. So yeah. for me, Sonny gets in front of the other two. Okay, and a prediction, Jace, from you ahead of Saturday. I, I might go with Ian's two nil, but two-nil. a very comfortable one. Yeah. Clean sheet. I'm liking this. I'm liking this so far. Vass, are yeah. you going to keep? The trend, are you going to buck it up for us? Is it going to be a clean sheet and a routine Spurs win at Wembley? Well, funnily enough, I was going to say 2 0 as well. Was so you? Clean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do a full house. Let's also go say 2 0. Vass, your goal scorers for Saturday, who are they going to be? Uh, Kane and. I hope Delhi scores because he needs the goal, but mm. I fancy Ericsson. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think actually, um, I think. More I think about it, what Jace said about the Juve game, I think he might save Lamella for the Juve game, so possibly Sonny will start. Yeah, he does seem like I've said on the show, love Lamella's work rate. He does seem to love it. Mm. Does. Uh, Vass, thank you so much for having back on tonight. It's been such a pleasure having you. No pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Don't Rick. be silly. And like I say, you have got Vass on loan from Hotspur America. I need to mention Hotspur America. Listen, you can listen to <laughs> yeah. Vass on Hotspur America. They are the first pod to drop. Honestly, they are great. You guys, Vass, you literally, I feel like you record straight off the game sometimes. It is out... Almost instantly. Yeah, the time zone in the states uh, helps. Uh, I'm always on when it's uh, when it's a Sunday game, yeah. but uh, generally I'm on after that. Yeah. Yeah. Ken will love me now. I've said that. Check Vass out. Hotspur America. There's your plug. There's your plug, Ken. <laughs> Hope you're happy with Cheers, that. Mate. Don't be silly. No problem. Jay, thank you as always. No problem, mate. Catch up next week. Yes, catch up next week. And Ian, thank you as always for coming back on the show. We've got to get you back on soon, Ian. We've got to make it a regular. Yeah, it'd be great, Rick. And I said, just thanks for, for getting us back on. And, Don't be uh, silly, no problem. We'll speak soon. We definitely will speak soon, I promise. Well, guys, we are going to be back next week reviewing the Huddersfield game, hopefully talking about that routine Spurs win at Wembley and a clean sheet. And as always, have a great weekend, guys. And come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network.